0: Good morning. Welcome, mothers. And we know Mother's Day is one of those days of rejoicing, but it also can be a sad day. As Mark said, some of us have lost mothers over the past year, and it can be a sad day. And some of us, uh, some uh, people wish to they could be mothers and can't. And so we understand that it's a it's a different day for different people. What we want to talk about this morning is we want to talk about Uh, leaving a legacy. And so the question is, what legacy are you passing on to the next generation? What influence are you having over those that 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 look up to you? And so whether you're in-house with us or you're online, joining us online, think about that question for a minute. I want to read something and, and think about this. Do you want your kids to live well or do you want them to live their lives well? There's a difference between that. And the question is, how do you measure success for your children? What's the measurement that you would use for, for successful children as they grow? Jesus wrote these words, or these words are from Jesus. It says this, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny, deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for me will find it and then this is the phrase i want you to key in on what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet lose their soul now think about that for a minute uh, I re- re- read a book, and I got this from uh, Randy Elkhorn, who is, uh, r- wrote a number of books. One was The Treasure Principle, which is a little book, great book. Uh, I would recommend it to you. But he talks about the difference between living on the dot or living the line. So the dot represents this life, right? And so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a short little thing. It's a dot, and if you measure this life in comparison to the rest of eternity, uh, it's very small portion of your life. And we were created to live for eternity. So the line is eternity. And basically his point is, live for the line, not for the dot. And I like what C.S. Lewis wrote one time. He says, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth. And you'll get neither. And, and I think too many, too many people, too many young people, and maybe this is because we've passed this legacy on that this is the life. This is where you've got to grab it here and now. We're living for the dot, not for the line. Too many have lost hope. And here's the point. If you live without eternity in your mind, you will not live the way you were meant to live on the dot. So, the question is, what are you living for, and what do you want your kids to live for? How do you want them, not, you don't want them just to live a good life, you want them to live life well. What does that look like? You may be here and you say, you know, Pastor Matt, I had a toxic family, I was raised in a bad environment. I had, there was physical abuse, there was violence, it was just acceptable that we would just smack each other. And we walked around, you know, in a, in a very threatening environment. You may say, you know what, I was raised in an environment where there were all sorts of addictions and compulsions. Uh, there was alcohol and drugs, there was promiscuity, there was gambling, there was just uh, overworking. All these things were going on around me. I was raised in a bad environment. I was raised in an environment where encouragement was scarce, but criticism was normal and harsh and plentiful. You may say, I was raised in in an environment where the basic, the basic physical, emotional, and social needs were never met. That, that's what I was raised in. So, so what about me? What am, what am I supposed to do? Because that was how I was raised. That was my family. The good news of the Gospel is this. The chains of the past can be broken. Those generational chains, those, those things, those hurts from the past can be broken. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 it's interesting. He lists a whole bunch of of sinful, harmful, hurtful patterns. And he lists them one by one. And then he says in verse verse 11 of chapter 6, he says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. What Paul is saying there is no matter what pattern you were raised in, you don't have to grow up to be that. You can break that pattern. That doesn't have to characterize you anymore. So I want to challenge you today, and especially the moms, that you leave a spiritual legacy for your children. And if you're here and you're a grandparent or you're watching online, maybe live or later on after the fact, maybe a year later you're watching. I just want to challenge you. It may not even be Mother's Day where, when you watch this, but here's what I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to think about this as a parent and as a grandparent. What legacy are you leaving Your kids. What legacy are you leaving? Paul points to the legacy of Timothy, and he writes this in 2 Timothy 1. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which was first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. You see what he's saying here? He's saying, Grandma, Mom, Timothy, the spiritual legacy was passed from generation to generation. So you may be a grandparent here and you you see your children and the the, legacy is not really getting passed on. Do you know as a grandparent you can have an influence on your children? Now I want to talk about three important spiritual legacies that we need to pass on to the next generation. And here they are. We need to give our kids, we need to give the next generation a legacy of faith. We need to give them a legacy of faith. One of the great spiritual legacies you can leave your kids is your faith. Uh, Deuteronomy talks about how this, this is, how this was to play out in the Old Testament in the nation of Israel. Uh, Paul, uh, Moses writes these words, leave the, uh, l- Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are, are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk and along the road and when you are down and when you, get, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, what the, the, this passage is saying is wherever you are, whenever, you share. This is a natural thing that comes out of you. You, 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 you pass this on. This is a natural outpouring of who you are as a person. Your faith. Your faith is being passed to the next generation by your words, by your action. It doesn't just happen at a certain time at a certain place. It happens all the time. But here's the thing, you can't pass up what you don't, you can't pass on what you don't have. You can't pass on what you don't have. And here's the thing. Some of you, if I were to ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, you say, well, how are you doing as far as your walk? How are you doing as far as your faith? Is it growing? Is, is it, are you passing it on to your kids? You say, you know, I'm not doing well. I'm struggling. And, and, and the enemy wants you to be discouraged. and wants you to give up. But here's the thing. You don't have to be perfect. You don't need to be perfect, but you need to be Real it's so important that you fail you acknowledge it you admit it you 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 say i'm shooting for a higher uh, uh, something higher you acknowledge that to your kids and and the and the enemy wants you to feel like if you're not perfect then you you shouldn't even bother And i just want to tell you today you don't have to be perfect just be real with your kids because they can smell a phony a mile away your kids already know that you're you're kind of a hypocrite anyways right they do. They, they, they figure that out pretty quick, right? They're hypoc by the way, they're hypocrites too. You know? But, but, but the thing is, don't worry that you're not, you don't have it all figured out. Just be real, be honest about it. Acknowledge it. This is the order. You love God and you pass that love on to others. We do this all the time, don't we? Cubbies won yesterday. Yeah, right? What is that, seven in a row or something like that? You know, only, the only people that know that or care about it are what? Cubs fans. You say, but I'm a Bears fan or I'm a, you know, Bills fan, right? Who are you? <laughs> well, I am, so there you go. But here's the thing. We pass that on. Or we like the outdoors. or We like working with our hands or fixing cars or or, you know, baking or doing something like that. We we naturally pass that on. It's not hard. It's who we are. It's part of our DNA, right? This is who we are. So we know how to do that. But how do we pass on our faith? Well, it has to be real in your life. So you have to incorporate that daily time with the Word of God. You're reading the Bible. You're praying. Um, you're joining faith community. You're part of faith community. Can I, I'm going to just stop preaching for a minute. Stop teaching for a minute. I'm going to start meddling in your life right now. And I'm going to try to make you real, feel real guilty. All right. So that I don't often do that. But you know, I cherish the moment that I can do that right now. So <laughs> let me go ahead and do it. The one biggest challenge that the church has faced in the last five years is club sports. And here's how it works. I think junior ought to play baseball or soccer. You say, hey, that's a great idea. Let's sign them up. And you sign them up. You say, oh, the practices or the games are on Sunday morning. When, we, when Carol and I get in the car to come to this building, um, we live over by senior high school, and I hear whistles in the morning at 8 o'clock in the morning kids are down there on the baseball, on the football field. They're playing football. And uh, this never, you know, five years ago it wasn't the case, but it is now. And here's what happens. You sign up. You realize, oh, the games are on Sunday morning. So I guess we'll go to the games and Junior's going to play baseball and football or whatever it is. And so you sit there and you watch Junior develop and uh, he's a little ragged, and he plays year after year after year on Sunday morning. And it's for those 10 weeks or whatever it is over the summer or whatever that Junior never is here because he's there, and you're there, not here. And so then all of a sudden a pattern happens, and it's something that's, year after year after year, because we were on the team last year, and we just do it again, and again, and again. And then there's a fall sport, and there's all all these other things. So, Junior grows up, and all of a sudden, Junior doesn't really care about church. And frankly, you don't either, because you haven't been there in a while. And you see? You see what I'm doing here now? I'm meddling. And you don't like it, right? Because I'm getting personal. And Junior goes off, and basically the next thing you know, Junior doesn't really think he believes in God anymore. And you're shocked by it. Can I just say to you very kindly, are you kidding me? Really? You're shocked. Okay. This is how patterns start. These are where choices are made. And so if you want to pass on a legacy... It has to be real and important in your life. It's not important in your life. It's not real in your life. It won't be in theirs. I can almost guarantee it. Paul writes this in Galatians. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I just want to tell you that if you give up on harvest planting for this spiritual harvest of your kids... If you give up on that early or you'll never, I mean very rarely do you, will you see a harvest there. If you're not planting the seeds, who will? If you're not helping water the seeds, who will? If you're not fostering their faith, who will? Uh, so there, I'm going to stop meddling now. And uh, So give them a legacy of faith. Secondly, give them a legacy of hope. C.S., uh, C.K. Chesterton wrote this, as long as Matters are really hopeful. Hope is merely a flattery or a platitude. It is only when everything is hopeless that hope begins to be a strength. And and what Chesterton is saying is you don't really need hope when life is going well. Right? You don't have to have hope when life is going well. When you need hope is when life doesn't go well. When, when When you get news from the doctor... When you're having trouble in your relationship, when life is not going well at work or at school or with your relationships, that's when you need hope. And his point is you need to have some sort of hope when life doesn't go well. Do you have it? Your kids need hope not when life is going well, but when life is going badly. But where will your kids look for hope? Where will they find hope? Paul writes this to Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Can I just add to Paul's list? We put our hope in wealth. We put our hope in health. We put our hope in all these different things. And here's what happens. When we put our hope in those things and they let us down. It could be relationships too, by the way. And they let us down, what happens? Our world is rocked. I don't think I've seen a time in my ministry where I've seen such a lack of hope with younger people. I see people, I see young people today who are committing suicide all the time. And not just young people too, by the way. I see people who have lost hope. Who think all there is is the dot. All there is is this life, and I find it very hopeless and meaningless, and I don't find any reason to live. And, I, and all I could say is, wait, 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 do you, do you, have you heard about the line? Have you eterni- heard about eternity? Have you heard about Jesus? Because that's where you find Eternal hope. If, if all there is is just the dot, that then, then Paul, Paul basically, you know, brings this out. He he in this massive, incredible chap, chapter on the, the resurrection, he says, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, we're still in our sins and we're without hope. There's no line. There's only the dot. There's only the dot. That's all there is. If Christ hasn't been raised. And he says that in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, if there's only the dot, we are all people to be most pitied. But, one of the greatest buts in all of the Bible, verse verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What Paul's saying there, yes, there is the dot, but there's also the line, and Jesus is the first fruits. And He is eternal, and as we place our faith and trust in Him, we will be raised to eternity. And here's the point when you start living with the line in mind, you live on the dot better because you have hope. Because if all there is is the dot, you have no hope. But if there a Paul says, if there is the line, then this dot is not all there is. But you're, 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 you have to give your kids the Word of God. You have to place it on the Word of God. Give your kids an eternal hope that will carry them in this life, especially when their life gets to be hopeless. Here's the last thing you can give your kids. Give them a legacy of love. Give them a legacy of love. Let me ask you a question. Think about this. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're a mom, what do you want your kids to say about you at your funeral? What will they say? You know, I've done a lot of funerals. And... um, I've heard a lot of things said about parents. Well, they say things like, you know, they were a really hard worker. She was a fitness fanatic. She was a wonderful cook. She was a a corporate leader. Those are all nice things to say. She was a Cubbies fan. She was a Bears fan. She was a Packers fan. Finally, the Packers get some time. Good. (laughs) Right? What are we going to do about Rogers? Who knows? See, we know too much, and we care too much about those things. And I've been to too many funerals where all this cub or bears or Packers paraphernalia is around the casket. Kids say, they were really big fans of this team. But I don't know if they were big fans of me. They don't say that. But they don't say that things like, I knew mom was in my corner my whole life. I knew mom made sacrifices for me that were hard. I knew mom, no matter what was going on in my life, I knew mom was there. I knew there was nothing that I could do in my life that would separate me from mom's love. I knew that about mom. I knew mom was, when if I were to look in my corner when life was hard, I knew she was there cheering me on. I knew that, without a doubt. I felt like mom loved me. And if you have multiple siblings, they would probably say, I felt like mom loved me the best, (laughs) right? (laughs) You got to say that, right? But you, but what a difference to say, I knew without a doubt mom was always in my corner. She was always there for me. She always made incredible sacrifices. She really loved me. Now, let's define love for a minute because love is uh, misunderstood in our culture. Love in our culture is an emotion. I feel like I love you. I don't know you. I don't even know your name, but I think I love you. Yeah, Okay. But love is an act of the will. It's not an emotion we feel. Love is a choice you make when the choice is hard to make. As a child, you, were probably, had, you probably had days you were hard to love. And maybe your mom or your dad maybe pointed that out to you. <laughs> yeah, I guess they, I guess they did. <laughs> But that's where really love is. And some people and sometimes it's hard to love. But you do it why? Because you made a commitment. It's not an emotion, it's an act of the will. I am choosing to love you. I'm it's hard to love you right now, but I'm gonna do it because I've chosen to love you. Love doesn't take a pass. Love moves forward. Love is hard. It takes practice, but here's the good news. You can grow in love. Love is something that's like a muscle. You can develop it. You can grow in love. When you see it as an act of the will. But here's what the problem is. We think love, we have to have the feelings before we do the action. But what Scripture says is, no, love it may have those feelings, and that's great what it does, but more, than, more often than not, when, life, when, when relationships are, are struggling, you have to choose to love that other person. <laughs> Sometimes, you, 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 you've, had a, you've had a day with your child as a mom, right? And they have given you grief, and they've disobeyed, and they've been terrible, and you put them in bed, and they go, I love you, Mom. And you go, I don't know if I love you, kid. <laughs> but you do. Why? And you, you, you might even be thinking, I ain't feeling it right now. But you do it, right? You do it. Because you're a mom. And that's what moms do. See, in the end, your kids don't need you to be famous. They need you to be faithful. Faithful. They need you to know that you love them. They need to know know that you're always going to be in their corner. And wouldn't it be great if at your funeral they said, one thing I know about mom, I knew she was always in my corner. Always there. Paul writes these words, 1 Corinthians, and now these these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Is love. Let me just close by saying the greatest thing, the greatest love that you, the legacy of love that you can pass on to your kids is not that you're in their corner. The greatest legacy of love that you can pass on to your kids is that Jesus is in their corner. That Jesus came from heaven to earth. That He lived the life that we should have lived. That He gave His life on a cross. And He says, I love you this much. He died so that we could live. He died so that we could live the line, not just the dot. He died so that we could have our sins forgiven because we are sinners. And that we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus came. They need to know the legacy of the Gospel. They need to know the Gospel of love. That the the Savior of the world came into the world to save us. We know the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The greatest legacy you could give your kids is that they will live with you forever on the line in eternity in heaven. That they know Jesus, the Savior, is in their corner as Savior that you pass that, that spiritual legacy on to your children. So, moms, hang in there. Stick with it. Don't worry if you're not perfect. Your kids don't need you to be perfect. They just need you to be real. And they need you to be honest with them. And they need to know that you love them. But they need to know that somebody else is in their corner with you and his name is Jesus. And he's going to help them when you can't. Let's pray. Help us, Father, because without your help, we can't do this. We need uh, Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for the moms who have done uh, and are doing a very good job. I pray for the moms that are really overwhelmed today that are struggling that are just they're just ready to lose it and i pray that they would catch a breath they would find that jesus is in their corner today and they would find encouragement and strength from that and that would buoy them up that would strengthen them that would encourage them so that they can love their kids i pray for the grandparents here today father that you would help um, help us as grandparents to model that legacy, the legacy of faith and hope and love to our grandkids. Because it may not be happening uh, from our perspective. But we can all, many of us can look and point to somebody who was a grandparent in our life who had that legacy and passed their part of the legacy on to us. And we need that right now, Father. The world needs that hope. They need that faith. They need that love right now. So help us uh, foster those in our lives. And uh, as we do that, Father, help us to pass that on to the next generation. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.